<laughs> he always calls me. <laughs> wow. Hey, welcome to New Life, everybody. How many of you guys are glad to be at church today? All right, seriously, if you guys are still standing, go ahead and find a seat. That would be great. Uh, I want to say hello to everyone out in North Platte. I also want to say a big hello to everybody worshiping with us down in the venue. My name is Jeff Baker. I get the unique privilege of serving on staff here. This is my friend Darren Lindley. Um, He's with us uh, all the way from Portland, Oregon. Come on, anybody? Come on, give it up. Come on. (laughs) Portland, Oregon, man. There you go. Um, Darren's been a good friend of mine for 24, 25 years now. And uh, he is the president of Good Catch Publishing. He is the guy behind, the mastermind behind, the one who, you know, got the vision from the Lord and said, take the testimony that's in the church and get it out into the community. And then God just gave him the idea of how he could do it. Let's write books for each church and take the testimonies from each church and get those testimonies out into our community. And that's what we've been doing. How many of you guys got one of the copies of our recent book that just got written called Resilient? Come on. It's fantastic, isn't it? It is awesome. I hope you've been reading it like I have. I read the whole thing. And man, the stories in there, they moved me to tears, every one of them. And that was while I was on an airplane. Yeah. So there was no international scene or anything. It was okay. But uh, yeah, I'm inspired. People are filled with hope. It's incredible. And today you get to hear more about our book. Just say my book. Okay, our book and how God can use this as an incredible tool to change people's lives in our community. So why don't you give it up for my friend Darren again, okay? Thank you, man. I love you, bro. I tell you, it is so great to be back here at New Life. I've actually spoken here before about probably 10 years ago and uh, love this church. I love Jeff Baker. He is a dear friend of mine. Kim, you are amazing. I love, love, love it when you lead worship. I get closer to Jesus. Just so beautiful. And you know, I got to tell you, I fell in love with New Life all over again this week as I read your book. And I am not exaggerating. Uh, This is actually our 190th book uh, that we're launching uh, today. And we're also launching another book in Pacheco, California, our 191st book. And uh, I was blown away as I sat down and read this book. I fell in love with Jesus all over again, and I fell in love with this church all over again. It is amazing what Jesus is doing in the lives of people. Can you even believe how powerful Jesus is to save? I don't know. I was reading about you. uh, I think your name's Hot Pants. Uh, Dalton, the first story in the book, uh, Pastor Jeff told me, I, I don't know if everybody knows that nickname as much as you've made me think, but anyway, so uh, <laughs> he was telling me he was wearing really bright golf pants and they called him hot pants, but uh, anyway, uh, Dalton, your story blew me away, and uh, I, I read that thing and it just was like, oh dear God, that's just so incredible. The Lord transformed him so much that he was able to go into a courtroom and say, hey, if you need to send me away for 45 years, do what you got to do. That blows me away. Who would surrender at that level? Of course, Jesus didn't. Uh, Jesus intervened, and he didn't have to go to prison for 45 years. But God did an amazing work. I was so touched as I read about Danielle. She was a poor little girl uh, living almost as a caged animal as a little child in Romania. She gets adopted to America, and her dad here, her American father, uh, she was to trust him. She didn't know what he was hardly. 
And uh, one day, mom left, and, he, and she was flipping out. And he picks her up, and she's screaming and crying and kicking and fighting and biting. And he's holding her, and he won't let go. That's when I started bawling as I read that book. I was bawling. It blew me away, and I saw the Father's love, that love that won't let go, that love that holds on to us when we fail. And can I just tell you something? I don't know what your day's been like. I don't know what your week's been like, but he loves you. He loves you with an enduring love. His love, it doesn't shift. It doesn't fade. His love, it endures forever. He loves you with a love that doesn't shift. Hundred and Psalms 136, 26 times in a row, he says, his love endures forever. He loves you, and he never stops loving you. And that's what this book is about. It's about telling a city that can't quite believe that God would love them, that he really does absolutely love them. The scripture says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. It's called the Great Commission. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I got a little bit of Viking in me, like for reals. And uh, we like a little bit of raping, uh, raiding, <laughs> raiding and uh, pillaging. And, uh, but the gospel, bringing the gospel to the city, that is the adventure that I'm on. And it is an incredible invent, adventure to be on. But you know, not everybody is like super excited about this whole Great Commission thing. Some people positively freaks them out. They're intimidated by it. Other people, they're theologically confused. They, they start thinking, oh man, I, 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 I think there's a prayer in there I'm supposed to pray, but I can't quite, I'm not sure if my prayer would be good enough. What if we pray it and they don't actually get saved? And then some people, they get into a high-pressure situation and their words, they just go away. And then you've got the unchurched person. They're, they're culturally not involved in the church. And you want to know what? They instantly feel judged as soon as you bring up the topic of God. Boom. Not because you're judging them necessarily, but because you just simply talk about God, and all of a sudden they're going, oh yeah, man, I think I might have drank a little bit too much the other night, and I think I might have told a lie or two the other day, and you know, I'd really rather not talk about God right now. Let's just kind of change the subject. Some people, it's just so socially awkward. You know, there's two rules in the universe. Number one, don't preach about religion. Number two, don't talk about politics, right? And if you're going to break one of those two, make sure it's not number one. And so, so the, the world is looking at this and they're just going, I don't, I'm not comfortable. And then, then they say, you know what? Our message is irrelevant. Honestly, do you know the truth? They don't even know what our message is. But the media for 50 years has said Christianity and Jesus Christ are utterly irrelevant. They don't know what our message is, but they're just told, oh, it's irrelevant. So it must be irrelevant. That's what they think in their mind. So my job as an evangelist, the scripture says in Ephesians 4.11 that God gave these gifts to the church. He gave apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to do something, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so my job is to equip you. My job isn't just to stand here and say, hey, get off your dime, get on a stick, shake it up, make it happen. That's not my job. My job is to equip you, right? Now, I'm really into boat building, and I'm starting to build a boat. It's called a Caledonia Yawl. It's a double-ended sailboat with lap-straight planking. It's going to be elegant, okay? And I got all the tools. But I've been watching some videos on boat building lately, and I came to a realization. I do not have the technique. <laughs> you can have all the tools you want, baby. You don't have the technique. Your boat will sink, okay? So you need both tools and technique to be equipped. 
So we are here to equip this church and to equip you personally. We are creating an evangelism engine. And this engine is so cool. You put the key on the switch, you turn it on, boom, it just runs. And it is just doing evangelism 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. This evangelism engine is just chugging along, getting her done. Okay? Now, it demonstrates the relevance of the gospel. I don't know if you've read that book, but I think it's pretty relevant when poor Eric, who was horribly abused, finds hope and purpose and his shame is completely removed. Do you know it's really kind of a bummer to walk around this life buried in shame? When Peter thinks his, his world is crushed and gone, he has no longer got his football scholarships, it's all over, baby! And when you have hope in the middle of that moment, that's a big deal. That's the relevance of the gospel. It leaves people feeling valued and loved. Now, I want to introduce you to a young lady who came to know Jesus through one of these books. And uh, this video is going to touch your heart. Would you guys mind playing that video? Amen. Amen. Now, Emily's from Portland, and Emily is a classic Portlander, okay? Here we, have a, here we have a classic Christian encounter. This lady's trying to bring Jesus into her life. We've all tried that, and we all do that on occasion, and sometimes it kind of goes a little weird, right? And so this lady's trying to bring Jesus into Emily's life, and she, as a good Portlander would, completely rejects. Respectfully, of course, because that's the way we do it in Portland. We reject the gospel respectfully. So, so, but Emily says, no, 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 thank you. No, let's, let's end this awkward conversation. So at that point, the lady hands her a book. Now the social dynamic completely changes because Emily is now in control of the conversation. Emily takes the book home. Emily decides she's going to read a story from the book. So she sits down and reads a story. Emily's in control. Emily then also decides to set the book down for two weeks. Emily's in control. Then Emily decided to pick the book back up, and she finished the book that night. That's kind of powerful. Then the best thing of all, Emily decided that she wanted Jesus Christ in her life. Do you see how she was able to make a high-quality decision? Once she was not under pressure, her anonymity had been preserved, but she was given all the information, all of the power of the gospel to make a high-quality decision. And you want to know something, folks? The higher the quality of the decision, 
the greater the impact or the greater the longevity of that decision. And so it's kind of a powerful thing. Now I want to introduce you to a man whose son came to know Jesus uh, through one of these books. I messed you guys up. I apologize for that. That was my fault. I double-clicked, and I should have single-clicked. <laughs> Here's the video of the man whose son was first oh, So in, the, in Emily's video, uh, we don't know how the book got from San Diego, California to Portland, but somehow it did. And then it got into the daughter's hands. The daughter reads the book. The daughter gives the book to her mother. Her mother reads the book. The mother gives the book to Emily. Emily reads the book. That's three reads in a very brief period of time. Then Emily's, uh, then in this, this story of the father, there were four reads in the first 48 hours of that book. That is incredible what's going on. And there's a lot of amazing reasons for that. So um, let's take a look here. The scripture says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now, I used to speak at lots and lots of youth camps. In fact, I have spoken at more than 250 summer youth camps. That's not spring retreats, fall retreats, or winter retreats. Spent more than my... Five years of my life just speaking at youth summer camps. And uh, so when you come into a summer camp, you can't come in all like super mellow. You got to come in like full on and intense. So I would use a scripture like this. I said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. It's hidden in the field, baby. (laughs) Jesus is in the field. And we got to get Jesus out of the field. How are we going to get him out of the field, man? You're going to have to sell everything you've got. You're going to have to sell out and get radical. And then I ran into an exegetical complication one day when I saw this word. Oh, it's not the king stuck in the field. It's the kingdom. And I realized a king is not a kingdom. A king is a person. A kingdom is a place. A place where the king desires to rule. And that's what the scripture says here, that the place where the king desires to rule is out in a field. Now, the scripture tells us in Luke uh, chapter 17, it says, nor will people say, here it is, uh, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. You are the place the king desires to rule. And you know what? He desires to rule in the hearts of everybody. He loves us. That changed this thing out 180 degrees for me. And that is that Jesus is wanting to get all of these people who are stuck out in the field. Now, here's a question for you. 
How is it that a treasure gets into a field? Last I checked, we don't put treasures in fields normally. We put them in treasure chests. We put them in vaults. We put them in display cases. But we don't normally put treasures in fields. How do you think it got out into the field? I wonder if he got into the field the same way Eric got out in the field. Eric had been abused, tied up, and horribly abused. He thought he was worthless. He thought everybody thought he was nothing, that he was garbage. When Zach sat in his car, he ran the garden hose from the exhaust pipe in the window. By the way, that's in this book if you have not read it. And he's sitting in his car, suddenly remembering, I need to write a note to my kids saying goodbye. He is about to kill himself. Why do you, what do you think happened there? Zach threw himself out into the field. Sometimes someone else throws you out in the field. Sometimes you throw yourself out in the field. But can I tell you some really good news? One man's trash is another man's treasure. And Jesus, when he found that treasure, and he looks at you and he says, oh, I love you and I care for you. He went, it says, and he sold all he had. Now, what did Jesus sell? Well, the scripture says that God made him who knew no sin. Now, how long did Jesus not know sin? Forever past, right? Then one day, that all changes at the cross. And at the cross, He took the sin of the whole world upon Himself. So that all of a sudden, He knows exactly what sin feels like. He never sinned. He didn't have to. I did it for Him. I think you might have helped out. And Jesus takes our sin upon Himself. Jesus understands what it feels like to feel shame. Jesus understands what it feels like to want to crawl inside a bottle of whiskey. Jesus understands the craving for meth. Jesus understands broken hearts and loneliness. Jesus totally gets it. And he said, you know what? I'm going to trade forever innocence for a forever future, knowing that pain and sorrow so that I can have you. You see, we all say, oh, I gave up so much for Jesus. Can I tell you what? You didn't give up anything. In fact, what you did give up would actually degrade a dumpster. In truth, it was Jesus who gave up everything. And Jesus is the one who bought the field. And you want to know what? He's now going back and he wants to have the field. He's going through the field and he says, Hey, North Platte, I own you. Hey, Carney, I own you. Can I have you? Can I heal you? Can I restore you? Can I make everything new again? That's what Jesus is wanting to do in these cities. So, how's this work? Well, you got to understand that this is a very carefully derived tool. And uh, you'll notice this, this cover art, it's not religious because uh, non-religious people don't read uh, religious looking books. If there are praying hands on the front of this thing. These people are going to drop it like a hot potato. Isn't that right? And then uh, notice the thickness. The thickness is super significant because it's very critical that the book is thick enough to convey value, but it has to be thin enough to be unintimidating. On the back, you'll notice these super tiny little uh, numbers, $14.95, right? Now, nobody actually pays that for this book, 
But these, that, those numbers are there to establish value in the minds of the receiver. So at my home church in Portland, Oregon, we gave away 2,200 copies of our book at the commuter train station that runs from the suburbs into downtown Portland. Then we went around that train station looking for abandoned copies. We looked on benches. We looked under benches. We looked in garbage cans. We looked everywhere. And we, after 2,200 copies were given away, we did not find one single abandoned copy. On the contrary, we had people coming back to our table saying, hey, could I get about five of those? I got some friends who could really use this book. And they were not even believers. And they were doing evangelism on our behalf. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Six stories, because it is impossible to rationally disregard six testimonies. It is, it is absolutely impossible. So um, now, the average church of 1,000 might do 500 hours per month of outreach if... Everyone in here has 30 minutes of spiritual conversation with a non-church attending person once a year. So in North Platte, in the venue, in the main area, we have easily more than 1,000 people. If, we have 30, if each of us had 30 minutes of conversation, that would produce 500 hours. So we'll just use that as a benchmark. But think about this. One book, if it's read three times in the first year, and it took me five hours to read this book the other day, so three times five is 15 hours, and if we had 1,000 books sponsored, that would produce 15,000 hours of evangelism every single month. We just went from 500 hours to 15,000 hours of evangelism every single month. Did you know that the average person in America only works 2,000 hours a year? 15,000 hours a month. That's what we can do right here at New Life. So... How do we do it? We do it via direct mail, and we buy all the addresses in the city. And then, North Platte and in Kearney. And the books that are sponsored in North Platte are going to North Platte. The books that are sponsored in Kearney are going to Kearney. And uh, so the first month, we send out these books. Thousand books get sent out. Boom, 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 right down the street. Guy goes out to his mailbox, and he pulls this gorgeous book out of the mailbox. Huh, this is a book like here from, from North Nebraska. This is like, that's cool. He says, free publisher sample. Never got one of those before. That's awesome. And he takes it, reads the back of her text. He's intrigued. But he doesn't have time right now, so he drops it on the coffee table. Then the next month, gets a postcard in the mail. And he sees this, bu- this book on the, on the postcard. He goes, oh, yeah, that's that book I've been meaning to read. He picks it up. He starts reading about it. Honey, there's a church right here in North Platte. I had no idea it even existed. It's amazing what's going on there. It's really incredible. So the next month, we send him another postcard. Now, this postcard is exactly the same as the first one, but it serves an incredibly different purpose. The first postcard is to remind the guy, hey, don't forget, you got the book. Might want to read that book. Hey, you might want to think about reading that book. And then the second one is, oh, he looks at that cover art. And what's he do? He goes, oh, man, that was amazing. I actually wept when I read that. It was powerful. And so he says to his wife, honey, we should go to church sometime. Now, I don't know about you, but the word sometime does not have an expiration date on it, does it? So we send him another postcard. Then he sees this postcard, and he remembers again that book. And what happens is he turns it over, and he sees there's a map to the church. Now, this one is, has the map for Kearney on it, but the one in North Platte will have the North Platte map on it. And, and all of a sudden, he looks at this postcard, and he says to his honey, you know what, honey? 
let's go to church this Sunday. He can see exactly where it is. He can see service times. He's got phone numbers. He's got a website. He can check it out. All the information is in his hands. And that produces a decision, a very high-quality decision. And so that's how it works. So here's another view of this thing. And if, if we had 1,000 books sponsored, one person sponsors five books, another sponsors 10, another sponsors 25, another person sponsors two, whatever, adds all up, comes to 1,000. Boom, 1,000 books get sent out in November. So we'll collect the sponsorships through October, gather them all up, and then we will ship in November. And there, there they go. Then in December, we send out 1,000 more books, and then we send out 1,000 postcards to the November homes. In January, 1,000 more books go out, 1,000 postcards go to the November homes, and another 1,000 postcards go to the December homes. And then in February, we send out 1,000 more books, then we're sending out 3,000 postcards. 1,000 postcards to the November homes, 1,000 postcards to the December homes, and 1,000 postcards to the January homes. Then in March, we have to actually stop sending postcards to the November homes because at some point you do become a stalker, right? Hey, we're not going to do that. So 1,000 books go out, and we send out 3,000 more postcards, 1,000 postcards to the December homes, 1,000 postcards to the January homes, 1,000 postcards to uh, the February homes. So you can see we got quite the haystack going on here. So that by the end of 24 months, 24,000 homes and 72,000 people will have received 96,000 touches from New Life Assembly in Kearney and North Platte. Is that awesome or what? And by the way, that's why you need a parking lot. Okay, so little clever joke. Okay, so then, I, then what we do is we upload all 1,000 uh, email addresses, or not email addresses, but home addresses, to Google Maps Engine, and you can see this. Then the church emails out this to you, and you pull out your smartphone, you open the email on your phone, you hit center, and you're right there. Now let's add the secret sauce of prayer. Let's drive down the street. And I know that in that house, in that house, in that house, there's a book, Jesus, open their eyes. Then I start realizing, wait, my best friend lives right there. Hey, buddy, did you get that book in the mail? Boom, instant spiritual conversation that quick. So what do you get when you sponsor a book? You get, of course, the book sent out into the city. You get the labor, the postage, three postcard follow-up, the prayer and the progress report. So what's it going to take to reach Kearney and North Platte? We can hit Kearney and North Platte, 72,000 people with 1,000 books a month. How's that, what's that going to take? It's going to take some people stepping up to the game. If 10 people would sponsor 25 books, that would put 250 on the ground. If 40 would sponsor 10, that would put 400. 55 sponsored 5, you get the idea. But notice this. This is where the heavy lifting occurs. It's right there. If we can get people sponsoring 5, 10, and 25 books a month, we're going to have a huge impact. Now, is this intimidating? I don't think so. I think it's kind of easy. Are you theologically confused? You might still be. But these books aren't. Do you choke up in a high-pressure situation? I understand, but these words never do. These books never do. They never lose their words. So uh, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation? Kind of doable. And so, Pastor, I'd like you to come and talk about your vision for reaching North Platte and Kearney. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome, right? We love it, man. We, we love it. We love it. I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but, um, you know, Darren's just a little bit passionate about what he does. Uh, I love that. I've been, uh, we've been friends for a long time, and I love for some of that passion just to continue to wear off on us. Um, guys, we have, obviously, as you can tell, a very unique opportunity 
Um, we already have written the book. We wrote the book by faith, knowing that we would be generating um, you know, support and we'd get these books out to our community. Uh, I, I just want to say something to you. Um, how many of you guys have a favorite book? Just put, put your, I mean, other than the Bible, okay, just put your hand up if you, got a, you have a favorite book. Put it up, put it up, put it up. All right, very good. Some of you guys have, have not read in a while. Um, it's good, all right, it's good. Uh, just encourage you to read. Uh, so here's the deal, though. Each of you raised your hand, and if I went around and I asked each of you, what's, your, what's the title of your book, what's the author of the book, you would be able to give that to me. But what I would probably find is that uh, I may not find another person that actually liked the same book in here. You might have a favorite book, and you might be the only one sitting in here. But what would happen if we, if we sponsored a thousand books and we started sending them out into our city? What would happen in two years? Actually, what would happen in probably one year is that the book Resilient is going to be the number one read book in Kearney. The number one read book. I don't, I think I, let me just say that to North Platte because they might get it. Now in North Platte, if we send those things out, it's going to be the number one read book in North Platte and in Kearney. That's right on! I mean, think about it. I mean, seriously, we want people to read the Bible. How are we going to get people into the Bible? How are we going to get people into a relationship with God? The power of the testimony, the power of the story drives people to the source of truth. When they come in here and they hear, you know, you know people worshiping God with passion, when they come to one of our New Life campuses and they, they hear the gospel being preached with clarity and with a practical application, their life is going to be transformed. I want to say thank you, thank you very much to the six people who ended up yeah. with their story in our book. I'm very humbled by that. Amen? Some of you are thinking right now, I've got a story. I don't know if I'd want the world to know it. I I got that. I understand it. These people, they stuck their neck out on the line and they said, I want my testimony to point more people to Jesus. And guys, I'm proud of them because they're part of us. And they're part of our family, both here in Kearney and in North Platte. And now we're going to capitalize on that together. Kim and I... I know, there's a lot going on right now. Darren is exactly right. Why do we need a parking lot to add more space? Because of things like this. It's true. Here at our Kearney campus, that's what's going on. Uh, Why did we have to launch new services out in North Platte and launch new services down in the venue? It's because we're preparing to make way for souls that are going to be reached and won into the kingdom and be part of our church right here. That's why we did it. We're, we're taking strategic steps all along the way so that this church can be life-giving. Remember a couple of uh, couple months ago when I said to you, we have a choice to make? We have a choice to make on the name of our church. Remember that? And I said, we could either be called old life or we could be called new life. Remember? And I think we all voted. We said, let's all be called new life. This is a part of it. This is a part of it. So Kim and I, Kim and I we're, we're going to sponsor five books. Um, a month. That's our, that's our goal. Uh, we want to we be a part of seeing people have their life transformed by Jesus. And I know that that's who you are. You guys, Darren, our church is an incredible church. <laughs> I look out at these folks, and I'm looking through the camera, and I know who sits in the venue, and I know who's out in North Platte, and I just know we are a loving, 
gracious church where we want people to be set free and we want people to learn what a, what a relationship with Jesus is that transforms their life forever. That's who you are. If there's any way you can participate, even if it's one book, just jump in and be a part of it because I guarantee you, you're going to experience the joy when all of a sudden people are walking in the doors and you're going to love them. You're going to shake their hand. You're going to meet them for the very first time and they're going to say, hey, I'm here because I read that book, Resilient, and your heart's going to melt. You're going to be leading a ministry team or leading a life group and people are going to come into your life group or come into your class here on a Wednesday night. You know, like some of our insight classes that meet around here. And you're going to have people walk in and your eyes are just going to fill with tears when you hear their story of how they, how, where they were at and how God led them to this book and they read the testimonies of others and how they're now pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ. You guys are going to melt on the inside. I can foresee it coming. It's going to be an exciting day. So please... Just pray with me and consider how you might be able to join with us so that we can blanket and saturate our city with the good news of Jesus Christ using our very own book called Resilient. So to help you understand maybe how you can better participate, Darren, I'm going um, to kind of turn it over to you and help awesome. us understand what this card's all about. Okay, so uh, here is the sponsorship card. It's actually fairly simple. First uh, and last name right here on the top line. Email address. That's how we send you your receipt at the end of the year. Put your phone number here in case you can't read your handwriting. And then uh, I'm going to go forward one slide, gentlemen. This is the sponsorship uh, amounts here, a little easier to see. Uh, one book a month, $10, two books, 20 three books, 30 And then notice here, if you sponsor five books, we drop the price buck 80 apiece to 41 At 10 books, we drop the price 250 to 750 or $75 a month. And at 25 we drop it $2.80 to $180 a month. All of these books, you can cancel your sponsorship at any time. You can cancel it tomorrow. You can cancel it six months from now, and it's super easy. Also, your donation is completely tax deductible. And um, if you are, I'm going to go back one screen here. It's kind of locked up on me here. What do you need to do? I need to go back one screen. If we can go back one. There we go. Thanks, guys. Um, then if you're using a credit card or debit card, just fill out below this line. This is the billing address where your credit card actually comes. There's the credit card number. Uh, this is the security code on the back and the expiration date. Super important field is right up here on the top right of the card. That's the day of the month you want your sponsorship to come out. If you get paid on the 15th, you might want it to come out on the 16th, whatever it is you want to do. So now I'm going to go forward. Uh, again, there we go. We might thing came back. So the, uh, if you're using a check, just fill it out like normal and then write void across it. And then that will be uh, how we uh, are able to deduct your, your sponsorship for you. And you can cancel your sponsorship at any time simply by going to testimonybooks.com, click on contact us and tell us what you want to do. You want to postpone? Do you want to uh, increase, decrease, or cancel? Whatever it is you want to do. And if you say you forget that, call the church and say, hey, I need to talk to these guys about my sponsorship. Boom, they'll give you our phone number. And you call us, and we will respond instantly. Your donation is fully tax deductible, and you'll receive a receipt at the end of the year. And please, 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 do not waste trees. It, do not take your uh, sponsorship card home today. Turn it into the back table. If you turn it into the back table today, we're going to do something kind of cool. We're going to give you a one-time matching bonus gift. So if you become a monthly sponsor of five books a month, and you turn that card in, we're going to give you five books. You become a monthly sponsor of 10 books a month, we're going to give you 10 books. Whatever you sponsor, we're going to give you a one-time matching bonus gift. 
and that is today only. <laughs> so, Lord bless you guys. We are so excited to reach Carney. Okay. All right. Good. And Nord Platt. Right. All right. All right. So, here's the deal. Um, we're going to, at all of our locations, we've got our worship team set up to uh, sing one more song. Uh, today was a little bit different uh, type of a scenario for our, our Sunday, but it's so strategic for our future. And so what I would like you to do is this. Forget about, forget about what I've said and what Darren has said. All right? What's most important right now is that you would listen to God's Spirit and just simply say this. God, how do you want me to participate? Is there a way that I can participate in this? And then be obedient to God's Spirit, okay? That's most important. And if it's, if it's being able to give, great. And if it's being able to pray, then great. Be a, be a prayer warrior, all right? Please remember that this giving is a, it's above and beyond our normal tithe here at our church. Because if we divert all of our giving to this, then we don't keep the lights on. And then they got no church to come home to. So let's not forget that, all right? So it's above and beyond our normal tithe. Why don't you stand with me? Take your card and uh, let's just pray. And let's ask God what he might be saying to us. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. I praise you, Lord, for the testimonies that are in this church, and especially for those six people that have said, I'm going to let my testimony be out there for the world to hear and for the world to read so that somebody might have their life transformed by the work of Jesus that's happened in my life. Lord, I now pray for our entire church, and I ask you, Lord, just like you spoke to me, and I knew exactly what I'm supposed to do, that, Lord, you would speak to our church And Lord, you would help us understand what part do we play in using this incredible tool, a a book that's going to be so hard for someone to throw it away. It's hard to throw away books, to use that to speak the gospel to people. How often we don't just want to throw them away, we want to give them away. And Lord, you're going to strategically and secretly pass the power of the testimony around our community. And before we know it, it's going to become the most read book And we're praying that the power of these testimonies will drive people to you, Jesus. That they'll drive people to relationship with you. And we'll see the lost come out of hiding, come out of the darkness, and come into a relationship with you. So, Lord, during this next song, would you speak to us? Would you help us understand what step and what role you want us to play? In Jesus' name, amen.